I'd watch him like take this equation where, you know, the world we live in is uh, an inherently dangerous place. And the way that he chose to kind of present a personal solution to that problem was I'm going to keep a gun with me um, to keep my wife and I safe. Uh, and so when it occurred to me that I could be in a situation like that without him present, that was my answer to the question. It was, okay, having a gun, a part of my daily life is no longer like, I'm not into this. This isn't my hobby. That's my husband's thing to like, I actually think I have to do this. Um, for me. Is everything recording? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he said it's, he said it's on and I've been recording for four minutes and 58 seconds now <laughs> so everybody's on i can hear everybody you do a great work so glad you does a good job he does. he does so today am i doing the roll in mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. welcome to the big text ordinance podcast today we have tessa and mitch joining us on our broadcast here and a little little quick background that i know of all right so Years ago, we approached Tessa to be one of our affiliates back when we were first building our affiliate program. And then John and Sarah stole Tessa from me because I was going to try to give Tessa a job. Jerks. And they stole her. So just so you know. Just so you know. We were definitely going to figure out how to get you to work for us. And it did not work out because John and Sarah stole you. Dang. Straight up. Dang. And that's why we're not carrying Filster anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We still have Filster in stock. That's not carrying Filster. And then, Mitch, you are about, what, 26, 28 days out from being a civilian? My last day in the Army was three days ago. Officially. Officially. You have ETS. Officially ETS. And you have no... More commitment, and you were. We'll talk about your. We'll, we'll separate y'all out just a little bit because y'all have the cool story, and that's what we want to talk about. And then how y'all. Anyway, we'll go into it. So, Tessa, how did y'all meet? All right, I, I want to go back because it's yeah, a cool story. I love it. So, how did y'all meet? Yeah, and then how did you get her into guns? Because that's what everybody really wants to know about. Okay. Great. Okay. How did we meet? Uh, So we both grew up just outside of the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, We both went to the same church growing up, like since we were babies. Uh, But we didn't run into each other until I started going to the school that was also attached to our church uh, in my seventh grade year, his eighth grade year. Uh, And we didn't really hang out much in middle school and then kind of flew in the same friend groups in high school. Uh, and then he decided to go to this school somewhere in New York and we started dating once he left. <laughs> I conveniently moved like 2,600 miles away and then we started dating. Yeah. It's like, dang, this girl back in Oregon is cute. I guess we should probably start dating now that I live on the opposite side of the country. Uh, so yeah, we, we met just, you know, because we're in the same place and then, uh, started hanging out uh, more seriously once he was far away and uh, dated for the like the last three years. So we didn't date your first year at school. We dated for thir- your second year at school and got engaged your third year at school and were engaged that entire senior senior year and got married like 
five days after your graduation. Something like that. Yeah. 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 What's, so. what school in New York? West Point. Oh, okay. South Hudson Institute of Technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been to West Point a couple times. Yeah. It's a pretty it's, place. It's, it really is a really beautiful place. Yeah. It is. Especially really cool. in the fall, It you can't beat it. Um, from probably like late October till spring break, it's a little cold and sad, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> Just like most of New York. That's you know, fair. Right. That yeah. And most of the people who go there. Mm-hmm. But all, all of us ladies that would come and like be guests at the at the West Point things, we had a great time. Like we'd come visit our guys, and they're like at school doing the like sad New York school thing, and we show up, and it's like it's time to do a dance and uh, like have a good time. So all of my like memories of going to West Point and visiting are just incredibly positive. Like I had a great time at West Point. <laughs> but, yeah. And yeah. for the record, like I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was, it was what I always wanted to do, and it was a great experience. But nice. I would never, f- ever fault anyone for not wanting to. <laughs> never in a hundred years. And did you go through high school knowing that that's where you wanted to go? I wanted to go there since I was in the seventh grade. Like that was, I think, when I was like, that's what I want to do. Cool. So all of high school was just working on getting there. Did you have family that went to West Point or family in the military or anything? No, like my, uh, my mom's dad. Um, he was in the 101st from like 62 to 64, I think, um, like right before it transitioned over to, from airborne to air assault. Um, so I grew up like listening to his stories of, you know, being with 101st and jump school and Recondo school and all that sort of stuff. And I, I adored my grandpa. Um, like he was one of my big role models and I, I loved hearing his stories about it. But the army always seemed like something that would be a good fit, and for the time that we were in, it was it was it was a good experience, and I've made most of my best friends through it. And you joined in. I started school in 2014. I commissioned in 2018. Okay, cool, nice, <laughs> nice. And did you did you get a pick armor branch? Yes. Okay. Yeah i I think I would have loved to be a pilot, but I did not get good enough grades. <laughs> So that that was gone way before like it got to me in the uh, in the order of merit. But yeah, out of, so out of everything, we won't let you fly an airplane, but we'll let you be an armor mm-hmm. officer. Yeah, it's, you know, difference. There's a slight difference. But Still t- tanks are neat. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I don't, let, let them get off the ground if they don't score. I, high I was very firmly tethered to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it was not moving. No. I was I was personally glad that you weren't flying in the sky. I was glad that he was in an armored tank like. That gave me a little bit of peace of mind. If it stops working, you can step out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it keeps you warm at night when it's cold. Step out of an airplane (laughs) with the eject button. I don't know if that's considered stepping out, though. It doesn't. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't work like that. That's why I was. That's why I was enlisted. Even even (laughs) when I was was in, you know, like helicopters had ejectors. (laughs) (laughs) Like one of the things you do if the turret quits working in a Bradley, and I'm sure it's the same thing in an Abrams, is. You power down and power back up. You turn it off and turn it off. Turn it back on. Like everything. Like basic, you know. The solutions that your IT guy gives you at your office extend way farther than you would ever hope. Yeah. But you can't do that in a helicopter. You can't be like, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Without landing. Anyway. So that gets y'all up until 2018, you said, right? At what point in there did you start shooting? Mm, yeah. So the the shooting aspect. So he got into 
two guns much younger. So maybe give that little backstory on your end and then we'll catch up to when you brought me into the yeah. picture. So I've like shooting has been like my hobby, like really my only significant hobby for like as long as I can remember. It's, it's really been the only thing that I've like really, really loved to do. Um, like my, my parents weren't into guns at all. Like they were not super comfortable having guns in the house, but I just bugged them enough, I guess. Like, Starting when I was little, like, they made the mistake of, like, letting me shoot a BB gun at my grandpa's house, and then that turned into airsoft guns and twenty twos, and just kind of going up from there. So I, I think I shot my first match when I was, like, 13 or something like that, um, and just kind of, like, that was what I wanted to do. I was like, that looks like a whole lot of fun. Like, let's give it a shot. Um, so I've been competing off and on, really, since I was 13. Nice. Um and then after we got married, like it was still, you know, was and still is my, my hobby. It's the thing that I enjoy doing. Um, so Tessa was super supportive of that. Like she didn't want to, yeah. to hinder that, which was, you know, really wonderful because she did not enjoy it. It was <laughs> loud and, you know, like she, she understood the gravity of guns. It's like, you know, something to take seriously. Um so she was not super interested, but like she'd go to the range with me and like she would sit in the car while I shot for a little while and I'd try to get in and out as quick as I could so that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to be supportive of that. Like the last thing I wanted to do was, you know, be early married and be like not supportive of the hobby that he was clearly so passionate about, regardless of the fact that it wasn't something I was interested in. Um, so yeah, I would, I would go to the range with him and every once in a while I'd get out and I'd shoot his, uh, his little 22. Um, and you know, I'd shoot his Glock 19 every once in a while too, but it just, it, it wasn't something I wanted to do as in like, I didn't want to carry. I watched him put on a gun, you know, on the weekends, obviously wasn't carrying when he was at work during the week, but you know, I'd watch him put on a gun and you know, I'd go to the range with him, but that was his thing. Um, and I'd grown up with guns in the household, but it was not, it was not a part of really our our home like culture. It was like they existed in our home, and my dad was like a bow hunter. Like we didn't really do gun stuff. Um, but you know, so so when we got married, we moved down to Fort Benning. Um, I'd you know go to his matches and stuff like that, and then we moved to El Paso, Texas, uh, and it we would we had not been there very long when the uh, shooting took place there. I think it, we'd been there for maybe two or three months. Uh, and it occurred at a place where I wouldn't have necessarily been shopping at that store, but I would have been at the Costco that's in the same parking lot. Um, and that was the first time anything like that had happened, um, at a location in which I knew I could have been there. Uh, that was, that was kind of my wake up call, uh, that, you know, if I had been there, uh, I would not have been able to do a thing. Uh, not only would I not have had, you know, tools to deploy if needed, I wouldn't have known what to do, period. Like, I would have just followed the crowd. I would yeah. have hidden somewhere. I would have had zero if this, then this. Um, and that was not lost on me when that occurred. Uh, and so I think that, I think that the reason I started getting into guns after that was because, um, I'd watched him decide that i'd watch him like take this equation where you know the world we live in is uh an inherently dangerous place and the way that he chose to kind of present a personal solution to that problem was i'm going to keep a gun with me um to keep my wife and i safe 
Uh, and so when it occurred to me that I could be in a situation like that without him present, that was my answer to the question. It was, okay, having a gun, a part of my daily life is no longer like, I'm not into this. This isn't my hobby. That's my husband's thing too. Like, I actually think I have to do this. Um, for me, like personally, this is something I think I have to do now. Uh, and so when that happened, uh, I basically was like, okay, husband, I'm going to be carrying a gun now. Uh, can you show me how to do that right? You know? Uh, and so that's how I got into guns, period. Like I did not care to shoot them. I didn't enjoy shooting them. I didn't appreciate the sound. Uh, the reciprocating slide uh, freaked me out. If I was going to shoot, I'd prefer a revolver at the time. Um, and that's actually what he got me as my first carry gun was a revolver because that all kind of was uh, like a fear of mine. But that's, yeah, that's that's how I got into guns. It was a, not a like, oh, this is fun. It was a, I have to do this now. So I guess I'm going to do it the right way. <laughs> I think to, to pointedly answer the question of like, how do I get my significant other into shooting? I think that the simple answer is you don't yep. like you don't make them. And I think like usually when I, you know, when people are asking that, it's like, it's, how do I get my you know wife or girlfriend or whatever to like shooting? What the, really what they're saying is like, how do I make them, you know, do that with me? Like, how do I make them enjoy it? <laughs> and you can't make them. You can't like it, if they're not, you know, drawn to it, like they're probably not going to like it by you, like lugging them out to go stand in the sun and like listen to loud noises yeah. for an hour and a half. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but having like the basis of that being like your relationship and like, you know, this is something that I do. It's something that I enjoy. Like these are the realistic um, like reasons why I do this in terms of safety and whatever. If they see you taking that seriously and doing it responsibly, chances are they will get to a point in their life where that is a solution to a problem that they have personally identified mm. and that they've been able to visualize themselves in. Mm. And at that point, you are the responsible and trustworthy person that can start to walk them through it. Right. And once it's a necessity, like, cause, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, like once it's a necessity, then, you know, having to do it and like attaining some level of proficiency is going to come. And a lot of the time, enjoyment can follow Comes with that, that right? Right. And one thing you've said, and I completely agree with, is uh, that shooting isn't fun, but shooting well is fun. And so when you kind of start getting into it and you learn how to do it well, and that's not necessarily learning from your husband. You don't necessarily learn how to do it well uh, by learning from your husband. That just happened. That did work well for us. Um, and one thing he didn't mention about like kind of his shooting background uh, was that he was on West Point's pistol team while he was there. And that gave him a lot of opportunity to uh, teach people how to shoot. He had a lot of exposure to instruction. Uh, and so he also had a lot of exposure to needing to be patient with people in that environment. And so when it came time, you know, for him to kind of give me uh, the the basics, I feel, you know, he did an amazing job of being patient with me, not giving me too much at one time, um, you know, giving me the things that I could handle in the moment. Uh, so that that worked out really well for us, but it's not necessarily something that I think is it works well for everyone to have their spouse teach them. I, I would I would bet that you're on an outlier. Like you are right. like the the two percent of two percent of five percent. <laughs> like you're way up there because I know like. Back when I was at the range doing doing instruction, like the guys that 
didn't want to teach their wives mm-hmm. because they knew better, mm-hmm. basically. They came in and be like, hey, you know what you're doing. Teach mm-hmm. my wife. I don't want any part of it. That's a good segment. And then there's a huge segment that's like. Hi, I'm Chris from Big Tex Ordnance. And I'm Ian from Big Tex Ordnance. <laughs> <laughs> and today we've got the weekly update. So first off from Voltor is the classic Murr upper receivers, right? So we've got them in foliage green, black, standard black. Those were my picks. What do you got over there? Um, for Boomer? all for all the wheel gun enthusiasts out there, we've started carrying some some Safariland Comp Three and Comp Two speed loaders for J frames and K frames. So if you guys need a good speed loader for all of your um, revolver needs. We got some. Uh, we have the new Streamlight Wedge XT also. These come in black and FDE. Great little task light. You know, drop your keys underneath the couch. You're looking for your burrito. Good little option from Streamlight. Comes with a little lanyard on it as well. Solid price point on those. I would I'll yep. have to reference the price point on USB-C those. USB-C rechargeable and it has a deep carry uh, pocket, pocket clip, clip on it. Yeah, so option. Looks great. Coming up, there's a bunch of classes. We got Paradox training. Oh, be across yeah, the street at the, at the, at the range. range. Uh, doing that the 27th, not this weekend, but next weekend. Anyway, lots of training events coming up. We just also posted the Sons of Liberty. Oh, yeah, the Armors class. Armors class in May. It's up on the website. Anyway, thanks for watching. Be safe. Finger guns. I know, yes. I like, I'm, I've gone, <laughs> you know, like, I can teach you, little lady. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I've gone shooting with, with my wife before, and, like, I can teach her, but only up to some point. Then I'm going to be like, hey, yep. you need to, like, here's the fundamentals. You understand that. Okay, now you need to go to, like, somewhere yeah. where, like, not that I can't do it, but I'll be like, no, I'm just going to get, like, frustrated yes. or... It has that. nothing to do with your skill level. <laughs> yeah. Or ability right. to no. teach or anything like that. Or like even your should... relationship. It oh, doesn't yeah. have... It's not... An, that doesn't reflect poorly on your relationship oh, no. either. Yeah. Like, yeah. It... No, spouses should yeah. teach spouses... Spouses should teach spouses for as, as short a time as possible. Yeah. And I think... And kind of what we've come to realize is, like, when an instructor makes a correction, it's a... T- like, they are critiquing your technique like the way that you're doing something and that's it when you're in a marriage or like some other like close personal relationship like you say like you know move your support hand a little bit higher up on the gun and sometimes that's heard as i'm a bad person (laughs) or you know going the other way it's like you know i try to like give a correction and it's like that doesn't make any sense it's like i'm a bad person because (laughs) you're not understanding this yeah and so, like, being able to remove that layer of, like, emotional complexity right. out of it is, I think, really prudent for... Yeah. Long-term, uh, like, enjoyment of the sport or the skill and also long-term success and just learning how to do the thing. Uh, and I think that we learned that more as I progressed into it. I think that you had, um, you know, you kind of gave me the fundamentals. 
realized I didn't want to carry a revolver and we got, you know, we went through the process of me picking my first carry gun. I actually think we picked an outstanding first carry gun in the Glock 42. Like, I, I really don't think that I could have started with a better gun. It's extremely shootable. I realize it's a low capacity, but um, it's extremely shootable and it's very slim. And for somebody of, you know, my five foot, hundred and something pound frame, um, carrying something slim and small like that, when you don't know how to do the concealment thing yet, like that, that was, that was uh, a good way for me to have success both in shooting, but also in carrying something. Uh, and then once I started wanting to take classes with instructors, I realized like six rounds is probably not going to work in John Johnston citizen like class, yeah. you know? Uh, so I, you know, got the Glock 48 and that became my class gun. It kind of still, it still is my class gun. Like that's what I usually will take to classes. Uh, and I started getting into that and started spending more time in classes like that. And that's where it became I, I shouldn't say like more challenging to receive uh, instruction from him, but I started having opinions, yeah. you know, like I started understanding it more. Um, and so that's kind of where we broke off from that. Like he was my instructor. Uh, and we basically like, when we go to the range now, it's like, you go to your bay, I go to my bay and uh, we still go to the range together, but we don't yeah. usually shoot together. So, yeah. yeah. And, didn't you do like a size comparison one time to like him carrying a Glock 34 is equal to you carrying like a 43? Like, I mean, yeah. like size wise yeah. in real estate. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Um, and so I, I, that I realized that like I'm, I'm seeing him put a gun on every day. I'm seeing me put a gun on every day and I'm putting on a Glock 48 at the time. Uh, and he was putting on a Glock 34 and I'm like, he's concealing his 34 easier than I'm concealing his Glock 48. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so we were like, let's try to math this out and see like what the situation is. And so uh, we took uh, your hip to hip distance measurement uh, and divided that into your gun height measurement. Uh, and that produces a percentage. And I think for me with Glock 48 and an optic, my percentage is like 67% of my hip to hip distance. And for reference, and John and Sarah kind of helped me come up with this reference point. Um, the, for reference, 40% is where people start seeing issues. Like you, you can conceal a gun with that is 40% of your hip to hip distance, but anything that kind of starts going up from there, you really need to start understanding like the keel principle and how to tuck the grip in closer to your body and how to use wings and wedges to your advantage and placing the gun for the best part of your, uh, on your body. Um, and so I'm working with 67% of my hip to hip distance. Like that is a big challenge. That's all the concealment mechanics plus dressing around the gun. Uh, and then you were like somewhere in the like 55. It was in the 50s. So yeah, yeah. A, a 48 on her is proportionally substantially larger than me. Carrying a Glock 34. Yeah, carrying a Glock 34. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is science. Yeah. And, so, and you're not a big dude. No. I mean, you're n- I'm, I'm like 5'10", like 175. And yeah. I have relatively narrow hips. So like... Yeah. I think my hip to hip measurement is like 10 inches or something like that, like going between my hip bones. So like, I'm like, I'm not a big guy, but yeah, like I'm definitely like broader and much taller than Tessa is, mm-hmm. which is like, and I think that like, that's something that is kind of missed sometimes with like, you know, we're trying to like recommend guns to somebody oh, yeah. is yes. like, carry the biggest gun you can. Yeah. And it's, I think that, you know, there's a lot of merit to that advice, but I think that people sometimes forget that like, 
learning how to carry a gun is sometimes just as hard as learning how to shoot a gun. And if we try to make somebody do like concealed carry on hard mode, like that can be just as detrimental as trying to teach them to shoot on hard mode. They won't carry the gun. Yeah. Yeah, It's It's like, like, like what happens like if you take someone brand new to the range and you give them a Smith and Wesson air weight with 357, they're going to be like, that sucks. No. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that like that same amount of frustration and difficulty can happen, you know, when someone who is like, you know, someone goes to someone who's Tesla size or someone who's a little bit bigger and like, or even someone who's my size, like if someone came to me and is like, Hey, like Glock 17 and optic and a weapon light is like (laughs) what you need or you're kilt in the streets. It's like, I can do it. Yeah. If I throw everything in the book at it, I can do it. Like it can work. But if I was, like, brand new, had never done any of this before, like, really wasn't even sure that, like, this whole gun thing was, like, really a good idea, you know, you put that on and you'd put on, like, whatever you have in your closet and, like, I'm printing this like is, crazy. like, kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, either someone will be, like, no, or they will do, like, the concealed carry version of, like, I actually don't have to shoot that good, it's fine, which is it doesn't matter if I'm printing, which is something that's contextual. And I, I think that that's something that like, if someone comes to that conclusion, like, okay, for them but it's decide. worthwhile to come to that conclusion with a full knowledge of the pros and cons, just the same way as if someone's like, it doesn't matter if I shoot well, it's like, you can come to that conclusion, but it is helpful for you to know, you know, the benefits and liabilities to that decision. And for somebody who I daily carry a 365 XL, like that's my, it's yeah. comfortable. It doesn't take up any room. Mm-hmm. I can conceal it in almost anything because it is such a small gun to my body type. Right. Uh, I don't have as many carry guns as you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> but I'm a dork and I kind of rotate them, but yeah. like, I mean, I'm a bigger dude. And it's, I've seen him change carry guns midday. <laughs> Sometimes I, you know, it's, I don't feel like just not feeling anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The vibe is gone. But it, it, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm a bigger dude, and it like, it's hard for me to you know get comfortable and find a good like. I know, like for me, I need a wedge and a wing, no matter what. Right. Like it, it could be, I'm carrying a Glock 42 right now. Right. Because I'm in gym shorts and a yeah. t-shirt, and yeah. it's like wedge in a wing no matter yeah. what and it like a it's a comfort thing but it's a concealment thing too and it's yeah. it's funny like living in in texas we we do have i mean some some pretty decent gun laws but yeah. like i've literally carried a glock 34 in an enigma at home depot and like something pretty similar to what i'm wearing now yep. shorter and, shorts yeah though. probably a little shorter shorts and i'm standing in line and you know there's this dude basically open carrying yes. and it's just like it's a shitty holster it's a shitty gun and i'm just like i wish i had like 15 minutes to talk to you uh. about like <laughs> come sit down yeah come sit down and let me have a discussion excuse okay. me sir do you have five minutes to talk about the filter yeah yeah <laughs> or, or just like a better, better holster or yeah. i don't know because it's i'm literally just like oh, i just want to hey just... i just want to take his gun <laughs> be like which you know, I know you can't do, and like, be, I just want like the intrusive thought is yeah, there. Yeah, it's just like, uh, no, stop it. And like, I, I just want to like help this dude. Right. And it's just like, no, it, it's not going to be worth my time because he's probably not going to going to listen. But like the the science and the art of like concealing is such yeah. a it's a task. Like just to throw a gun on mm-hmm. and like 
I mean, I'm pretty much wearing the Enigma for most things now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, there's a couple guns that I that I don't, but um, I mean, it, it's it's not easy to do just to like throw a gun on and think you're gonna like carry it comfortably. Yeah. Right, is, is not a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're putting you're strapping like a a hunk of metal and plastic onto your yeah. like organically shaped body, like yeah. it. It's a thing. Like it can be pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, and we might have one of the easiest jobs to carry. To carry yeah. Yeah. that, right? Because like, there's some days you walk in and somebody's literally got a rifle slung and a plate carrier on walking yeah. to the right. warehouse pulling right. orders, and you're just like, okay, yeah, right. it's right? just a normal day. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. And I, like, my biggest time is like dropping the kids off at school. Like, yeah, here you go. Here's my kid. Let me get it back in my truck. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, Not that I would carry on school grounds because that would be absolutely yeah. illegal. Yeah. But, you know, that that's the daily process or go to HEB, get, grab some food. Like we don't really have to. Right. I'm not in a non-permissive environment right. whatsoever. Well, and that's. I have to worry about. You mentioned it that, you know, printing uh, concealment, it's contextual, right? Uh, and that, that means that everyone kind of has their own risk assessment to make on that and kind of to decide um, how much it's worth pouring into for them personally. Um, and that's something that, you know, I've, I've put a lot of time into, like, you know, we've established I'm a little lady. Uh, and for me, I feel that it's actually really, really important that I personally conceal at a really, really high level uh, because I can, for lack of a better term, I can look like prey. Like I can do things to make myself not look as much that way, but I can still be selected. Uh, and I could imagine a situation where somebody would see a little lady with a gun on them and think that's a free gun yeah. Yeah. or, or, uh, I mean, just as bad, they would notice that I had a gun and they would pick me anyways. Uh, and they would know where it was, uh, and how to stop me from getting to it. So for me, I can't really imagine a situation where it would be actually advantageous for me to have uh, the you know element of surprise taken from me. Uh, so yeah, for me personally, uh, printing is a really big deal, and that's I mean that's where I spend uh, a lot of my time making content on stuff like that, both for you know arm and style, but you know largely for Filster, uh, you know just kind of walking people through through the process of, you know, how to dial in concealed carry for themselves. And um, that goes all the way from, you know, talking to people about, you know, the concealment percentage principle, which is what we just talked about, like how to um, either pick a gun that's going to fit your body well, like in terms of size, or how to, you know, you already have a gun that you've chosen for concealed carry, you already have like a fixed concealment percentage with that. Um, You can at least go into it having an idea of, what percentage, like what level of difficulty am I kind of going into yeah. this with, uh, you know, from that all the way to, you know, helping people understand, you know, what to look for in a holster, um, what might work best with their clothing selection, uh, uh, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's such a big difference too in carrying like a Glock 48 or a 365 and carrying a Glock 19, mm-hmm. like just the the amount of work to conceal that the proper way and like just the size. Just, there's, there's a difference in what pants you're going to put yeah, on 100%, for the day. 100%. Like, yeah, 100%. That's like true. You've got to, you have to have multiple options. So if you're new to concealed carry, um, this is definitely a conversation my, that we can. I my Glock 19 for the first time in like two months last week and I was like, why am I doing, this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> why? I'm like, this is, like, I've got a rifle right there, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm like, like I don't. <laughs> 
Like, I got so a sub gum right there. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> well, and especially in the middle of the Texas heat. Like I've, I've said that multiple times this summer, like concealed carry in the summertime for me is extremely, and it is, it's frustrating for everyone, but I don't, there is not like a a gun that's not a pocket gun that is 40% of my hip to hip distance. Like I carry, I'm carrying a P365 with an optic. And I think that's, uh, I think that's in the fifties. Like that's well into the fifties for my consumer percentage. Like a tiny gun on me is still a big gun for me to carry. Yeah. And so I get into the summer months and I'm carrying the equivalent of you carrying a Glock 19 still. And it gets so infuriating. And I was saying to him just a couple weeks ago when it's like we're, you know, in Savannah, coastal Georgia, and it's like a hun- the felt temperature is like 110 or something. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking like, you know what? I bet very like the people that carry guns is already a small number of people, but I bet much fewer people carry guns in the summertime because it does just get so cumber. It can get so cumbersome. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's just like down here and when it gets finally in November. <laughs> Or December, where we can wear jackets, and we're walking in, we're like, "Check out my MP5!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been it's been over a hundred almost every day for yeah. the last for couple- month, the hottest yeah. month on record in Houston, the hottest oh. August, oh, like 102 average yeah. the whole month. And it rained it's on been- the way here, so it is humid. Yeah, yeah. Oh. well, yeah, it rained over there. It ra- rained over there. It didn't rain over there. Yeah, or at my house. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just miserable. I'm like, I'm yeah. not carrying that big. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I'm done with this. This yeah. back in the nightstand it goes. <laughs> so we'll we'll transition because you brought it up. How did you go from okay, mass shooting at Costco or at the Costco area that yeah. you were at? So I'm going to carry a gun. To now, I'm going to publicize that and put it on social media. Yeah. And and <laughs> what was the what was the reasoning behind that? Right. Uh, yeah. So. I I started posting about it on my personal Instagram. Like I and I've always kind of been I've always kind of shared stuff on social media. Like that's just kind of always been a part of my world. Like I've just kept people that are in my circle updated. Uh that was kind of a big choice for me and I didn't necessarily put enough thought into if I actually wanted people on my social media knowing that. Uh, and so I was posting about that on my personal and then I realized I actually don't want the people in my life to know that I carry a gun. So I should probably not talk about this, um, on my personal social media. Uh, so I stopped doing that and it was, uh, when like the COVID thing happened, uh, he, we were anticipating a deployment all leading up to COVID. Uh, and that was that period of time that I was starting to do concealed carry and such. Uh, he deployed. Uh, and COVID happened. They shipped him right back. Uh, and it was, I was in Europe for 18 days. Yeah. Uh, and so long deployment. Yeah, Yeah. it was ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) planned on nine months. Uh, so yeah, I, after he came back, we, I, I thought to myself, like, I want to keep posting about this. I specifically wanted to show people that you can dress like a girl. Like you can be, you can dress in a feminine manner and still carry a gun. Um, because it was my assumption when I got into concealed carry that I would have to forego my desire to dress in a feminine manner. Uh, and, and it was very much, that was very much not the case. And that was something that kept me from wanting to carry a gun was thinking that I would have to 
you know, dress more in a, a more masculine way. Uh, and so I decided I did want to continue posting about that. And so I started an Instagram. I said he was on his way to work one day and I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram and I'm going to call it Armed and Styled and I'm just going to, you know, just post outfits. I didn't have my face on it for like the first maybe year. It might have been like a, a year. My face wasn't on there. It was like purely just outfits um, and, you know, concealed carry and as it grew and developed, it it turned into a place where I really was just sharing my journey. I was sharing, uh, you know, as I started going to classes, especially that was, I think, when I finally started showing my face and turning it into like a platform where I was really sharing about stuff I was doing uh, instead of just outfits. Uh, and so it it developed itself. I had no intentions of like growing a thing, like turning it into a thing, doing a YouTube, nothing. None of that was the plan. I literally just wanted to post outfits on the internet and uh that was it <laughs> and then it just like kind of started growing <laughs> and i started learning more and wanted to share that process with other people so it was very much a natural progression did you have any photography or social media background no, whatsoever not at all like i i had started getting into photography uh probably like that year prior uh, and a lot of military spouses do like you have to find a way to bring a job with you that travels. And I had a camera gifted to me and I was like, I guess this is how I'm going to make dollars now. Like take this Rebel T6 and, you know, take pictures with it. And so I had like a tiny bit of experience, but that was, you know, like family photography in the El Paso desert. Uh, and when I, you know, started Arm Style, I was just using that camera to take, you know, better pictures than my phone could take. Uh, but once I started a YouTube channel, I started, I was still using my Rebel. And if you, I don't think my, my original videos are still up. They're pretty cringy. Uh, but the, the video quality wasn't good. And like my presentation wasn't good. All of that developed um, kind of as I was, I was basically like learning how to do camera stuff in front of the people on Instagram and the people on the YouTubes. Uh, so no, I had absolutely no, how to, no idea how to do camera stuff. I, that's all like self-taught from watching YouTube videos and stuff. So join the club. Right. I think we talked about that. Yeah. Like when you when you like emailed me, I forget how like that initial contact happened um, about, you know, being an affiliate with BTO. You guys were my first like affiliate anything at all. Um, when you guys contacted me about that, you and I had a meeting. So I, I think I forget if you wanted to meet with me or if I wanted to know, like, what's the situation here? Uh, but we talked about about kind of your background, too, and video and whatnot. I remember that was an interesting. Yeah, it's always kind of been one of those. And you like coffee too. Up, I did, yeah. I, I did. did. I still do. I still do. I was still was well, early 2020 was when we brought you on, I think. Yeah. Well, mm, is that right? Yeah. Well, I did. I started. I started. Late 2020. It had to be late 2020 because I started posting in early 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So the end of 2020 is when I got out of coffee and went full time here. Oh, dang. Yeah. I don't realize it had been quite that recent. Yeah. I've I've been working here since well, March 2020 is when Ike brought me on, and I did some photo oh, wow. and video stuff for him before that. Wow, is that? But that's cool. Yeah, I can remember we we talked on the uh, Google Meets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's actually the way all the affiliates because like if you can't sit there and have a conversation with somebody, probably not going to work. That's fair. In the long run, I hope I did okay. I'm Your first <laughs> affiliate, right? There we go. We're still. You're still getting a I check. I was your every... guys' first affiliate too? No. Oh, no, okay. I, was, I, mean, I didn't like, think so. I think you're one of the first ones I brought on board because that was handled by a different 
Got it. Person hmm. back then. Um, but it works out well. We've definitely shipped some stuff and got some feedback. And I can't think of anything that I've sent you that you, you that you've said did not work, which is. Yeah, you've sent, we've, we haven't done a ton of product. I think most of the product that you sent me have been optics. Yeah. And, and I like, that's something I appreciate about working with you guys is I, I have an interest in something like I'll have an interest in a particular product and I can come to you and say, do you have this so I can try this? Um, and it's not, it's not so much like, Hey, we need you guys, we yeah. need you to work with this product. It's, I have an interest. Can you work with me on that? Like I, I appreciate that, that model. And, um, I think it, it produces like good feedback. It does. It does. And we get, we do that with, you know, uh, we work closely with Jimmy, you know, uh, we work with Bruiser, industries a couple other guys like that really really closely the guys from barrel and hatchet um they're kind of new to that new to our program but part of that's on us because like i don't have the time to sit here and think of like i need these 15 guys to come up with this whole marketing plan on this one optic or whatever i don't have time for that it's like hey what do you need Mm -hmm. you know okay here you go Mm -hmm. take care of it yeah so that's that's cool yeah Nice. Got any questions? Questions. Along this. Can can you talk about Filster? I can talk about Filster. So how did you, like, can join <laughs> with Filster? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good question. So Mitchell had actually gotten into holster making at one point and his uh, tinkering. He's a, he likes to Everybody tinker. Everybody does. She yeah. called you Mitchell. Every- that she was like Mitchell. Oh yeah, I yeah. call him Mitchell. Everyone calls him yeah. Mitch. It like, feels Tessa weird. And my family call me Mitchell, and it or feels M. weird if they say anything else. Oh yeah, everyone else. You're like, what's Mitch. what's wrong? Yeah, <laughs> but if it, but if other people call him Mitchell, it's weird. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. we call him Mitchell, everybody else calls him. I can't Mitch. explain it. Yeah, doesn't like make that. any sense. I'm doing Anyways. good not to call him sir, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't salute him when he. At least that's over. Oh geez, yeah, that's that's why. But yeah, I started watching John Houtman's. Like holster making videos. original oh, holster wow. making okay, videos cool. in what was that like 2010 or 11 yeah. and like back then i think like there's there's certainly people who don't know that like in 2010 like a state of the heart like state-of-the-art holster manufacturing was a toaster oven mm-hmm. two pieces of foam that you bought from knifekits.com and some sort of press and, you know, you like a blue gun or like a normal gun and like bits of like dowel rod and painter's tape that you like taped all together to make the drone, you know, that you would actually press on. It's so like I started watching that because I was like, that's, cool. you know, yeah, that's cool. Like, and, you know, holster. Yeah. And like, you know, back then I was, shoot, how old was I then? Like 13 or something. And I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to go like pay the money. Like I don't have the money to buy something from Raven Concealment. Right. And I don't want to wait however like four months for it to get to me so i was like i'm gonna like give this a shot So like i've been familiar with filster for a long time and like following john's stuff but and you'd never you'd never had one of their holsters before but you'd followed closely along i have i have a like a second gen skeleton that i oh. bought in like 2017 yeah Gee, I, i'm sure you did but you, I'm, you heard t-rex give yeah, yeah. John, a shot at. Yeah, shout I thought that out, was right? really cool just to hear cool? that. You, like, did you hear about that? No, I didn't hear about Where that. Where T Rex was talking about watching John's, John's videos. videos. John taught a lot first, of people how to make holsters when he oh, first yeah. got into it. Was that it. recently? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like in the last six months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Recently, where he was talking about how he, you know, Filster was a huge influence. Yeah. I don't remember the exact words he used, but that's one thing that I've finally like have narrowed down is like my three. I I don't have like the the bin of shitty guns. Mm. (laughs) I have like the bin of holsters for like finding what actually works for me. Like JM, Dark Star, and Filster are like. My three holsters. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get a holster from one of those guys. It's like, okay, well, shit. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to be around and in the industry long enough to where, and like had the right friends to where like Tom's like, here you go. Check this out. Or like I order it off his website and don't tell him. Yeah. And then next thing I know, he's refunded my card. <laughs> you know, Tom is the absolute. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. I hope Tom. I, dark, Tom, dark I hope. I hope you're watching this. Yeah, Thank you, you for everything. I have a holster <laughs> Tom on yeah. right now. Yeah, I've got. I've got a Tom holster on. But I mean, like, also with John. You know, yeah. I like. I can remember sitting there, talking to John on the phone for the first time, um, and it might have been, we were going to get him set, get the range that me and you used to work at set up as a Filster dealer hmm. back before. Like he, that was way right. like he's still in Philly. He oh, hadn't wow. been, I don't even think he met Sarah at that point in time. Was he still like making all, like everything? Yeah, he was goal? still making everything. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, fast forward a few years later, I wrote a, did an article on the pro series when the pro series came remember, out for I recoil. Did that. Yeah. And, and, and took the pictures and talked to him and Will Petty and a bunch of different dudes on that. And then now it's like, I'm pretty sure the only person that sells more Filster at this point is still Filster hmm. than us. We, we sell a lot, mm-hmm. um, but that's cool to see them and see how they've grown, grown and then to get, you know, the call and be like, hey, we're working on this. You got to check this out. Hey, I'm going to send you this. What do yeah. you think of this? Yeah. I and, remember uh, working at that place and like people, <laughs> people <laughs> looking for holsters and it'd be like, don't, please don't so, buy this piece so of many dark star gear holsters. And I was like, go to yeah. BTO, yeah. they're local, buy a good That's holster. Awesome. And I sent a lot of people. Oh, I sent so many people directly to Dark Star's website or yeah. Filster's yeah. website. Like, here, here. Just don't, yeah. yeah don't, like, don't even bother. Please don't save your $60. Don't yeah. make me do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to sell you this thing. Yeah. I, did, I, I sold zero holsters there. Oh, I tried to sell as few of holsters as humanly <laughs> possible. I sold my personal Dark Star gear holsters to customers there. It's like, here. Just take this. this but give me $40 yeah. here. I will buy a new one. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you're, you're not buying that. Yeah. Yeah, so he he was into the into that, right? Like he Filster was on his radar and I was having a heck of a time trying to figure out how to carry a gun. Like it was uh, yeah, it was it was a whole thing. And uh, basically, I had come to a point where I identified that I had kind of a missing link in my concealed carry lineup. Like I was I was carrying in a sidecar holster, which more or less required me to always be wearing a belt, which required me to forgo skirts and dresses. And I would kind of work around that with, you know, beltless clips and such. But the fact of the matter is that your your gun is only as stable as a thing you're attaching it to. 
and I was attaching it to, you know, multiple layers of like a tight fitting spandex, which can only work so well. Uh, and so I had to identify that missing link and he was not going to hear the end of it. I mean, anything that was frustrating about the concealed carry process, like he was, he was keenly aware that I was not having a great time. Uh, <laughs> and so he was also keeping his eye out for a solution to those problems. And he, you know, sent me one of Filster's like teaser videos and I was looking at it. It was, you know, it was Sarah showing that she was, you know, getting sub second draws from yoga pants. And I was like, what is this whatever that is i want that thing and so i just messaged the filster instagram like no other contact with them at all before i just messaged them was like hey you're teasing this thing they hadn't posted any pictures of what it was at all no. like i had no idea what it looked like uh whatever this is i want it and i want to buy it like yesterday uh so like as soon as i'm able to buy this from you please let me buy it like that's the same conversation I had with them about the Enigma. <laughs> and then I, I waited a year and then canceled the like 400 that we had on order. Oh my gosh, you didn't get one like bef well, before it all sold out? No, to sell. Oh, oh, got to it. sell before they, you know, right. were like, well, no, we're not doing that. The huge headache they had with oh, customer service oh. and all that. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was their decision. It was like, you're not getting it on launch day because we don't know how well it's going to do. Right. Oh, and by the way, they're all sold out. Yeah. Yeah. So they sent me one uh, like a week before launch. And I, you know, it was the original, like the uh, standard or open source Enigma non-light bearing. And I opened that up. I had no idea what it was going to look like. And I'm like, what? what is this? And I had to assemble it. And that was like, I mean, it was a frustrating process, like trying to figure out how to assemble it. But that was, that was like kind of how I started Hang, like talking with Filster uh, was they sent me an enigma and I naturally had a ton of questions like they <laughs> sent they sent an enigma to a essentially beginner concealed carrier and so I'm putting it together I'm having to I don't know about concealment mechanics and so I'm I'm messaging John and Sarah privately like this is these are my first couple of conversations with them i'm just messaging them sending them videos of like i was doing it with a glock 19 and a pro holster <laughs> so they're like they're trying to walk me through all of this and uh that's kind of how we like the channel of conversation got started between us was having them kind of help me learn about the enigma and the enigma Ultimately, I feel like the Enigma is actually what taught me about concealment mechanics because once you start messing with it and really like trying to dial it in, it's kind of like a almost like a self-teaching process. It it can be intuitive if you if you focus on it. Uh, and so that was my initial contact with them. And then Sarah messaged me one day and was like, "Hey." I had a spot in this this class and I'm not going to be able to make it. And I've asked the instructor if he would be willing to have you take my free spot in this class. Uh, and I he he knew the industry like he'd been doing gun stuff for a long time. And so I was like, who's this instructor she's not talking about? And he said, you know, that's a great class for you to go and take. So Sarah actually gave me my first opportunity to take a legit firearms, uh, you know, professional firearms training class. Who was it? Uh, it was John Johnson, okay. uh, his test and standards class. Yep. So test and standards was my first uh, <laughs> class. And it was also my, I think it was like probably my first time really shooting a dot. Like I showed up to that class with a, basically a brand new gun that I had no experience with and an optic. Like I'd been shooting irons. I've been shooting a little Glock 42 and I showed up to this class with a Glock 48 with an optic on it. It was like, teach me how to do the thing. And it was great. Like I, 
What? So what do you? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my hands? <laughs> but it was it was great because I I walked away from that class, um, not only like leaving with more skills myself, uh, knowing what I needed to work on, but also <laughs> need some water. He's dying. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm good. You're good. I'm I'm going to just mute you. <laughs> Capturing your last moments yeah. on camera. Yeah. The, the funny part is you're not going to hear any of that. You're just going to see him spasming in the background. I'm, I'm okay. Silent I'm okay. Silent. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> As you were. As you were. Uh, walked away from that class uh, with knowing that I, I had I had stuff to work on, um, but also having seen what's possible from other students, like seeing that you know these are people that are are not necessarily, they're not competitive shooters. They're people that carry guns. Uh, and they have this level of proficiency. Uh, and I, I'm capable of that. Like, that's essentially what that class showed me was like, you're capable of getting there with just some deliberate effort and instruction. Uh, and so that kind of put the bug, like I kind of got the training bug from that. And that's kind of where I like moved on and started taking more classes. But that's kind of how I got started with Filster. And then it wasn't until I started working with uh, Langdon Tactical on their Discover project uh, in, in Arizona, in Gilbert, Arizona, that I actually got to meet John and Sarah in person because they were also a part of that initial Discover project. And it wasn't too terribly long after that that they uh, brought me on yeah. to work with them. So that's kind of the, the Filster story there. Nice. And who who have you trained with since then? Who have I trained with since then? I have like a whole list uh, on my website. Let's see if I can remember them. So we've got uh, that class with Citizens Defense Research. I think the next class that I took was another Citizens Defense Research. It was Armed Parent Guardian. Um, and then I think after that, I went to the ASP National Conference as Filster. Uh, and I took... Uh, several different classes. I took a class with AJ Zito, uh, with Riley Bowman. Um, and I think those were my two. I took a ballistics class with Chuck Haggard. I took, you know, uh, his like sampler OC course. Uh, let's see, I didn't take anything else. Uh, I took Chris Seipert's like home defense in class class, like just the lecture portion. Yeah. That was really cool. And very practical advice uh, for just like deselecting. I'm trying your home. to get, I'm trying to get Chris to come down here and, and, and do that. Chris is is very well spoken. Like it would be really awesome if you guys could even just have him on the podcast. Yeah. Like he he's he's very uh, articulate. Uh, so yes, Chris. And then let's see, these are like years back. But John Murphy, yeah, Riley Bowman, yeah, Tim. Oh, Tim, a couple yeah. of times. Yep, I took. I took with oh my gosh, Steve Anderson. Yep. <laughs> Steve Anderson. Um, that's what I'm. Well, and then right we were now. at TACON this mm -hmm. last year. Oh, yeah, so a smattering of people. A smattering of people yeah. at TACON yeah. as well. That's you guys smattering. didn't. You guys weren't at TACON. No, no. We need to go. To yeah, TACON. are you guys going to be at TACON this year? I don't know. Is it in Dallas again? Yes. It's already sold out. Oh yeah, those tickets. They were gone in like two days. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we might make an appearance, but I know I signed up for the uh, wait list. Like, oh, hey, good. if somebody cancels, yep. yeah, it's it's a fun event, and it, I think like the. There's there's a couple of things there that like I haven't really seen replicated other places like right. the the shoot off is one where it's like that's really cool because there's, there's so many people. Did you win or come in second last year? Second on that one. Um, Good job, congratulations thank by you. the way. But like that that's a lot of fun. Like and then you get like it's always fun to have kind of those opportunities to take like 
because you you know you hear all these names like you know people are are always telling you like oh yeah I gotta see this person like this person's really smart or whatever and some of those conferences I'm sure it's the same way like symposium and other places like you can kind of like take samplers and I think that when you're in person with someone because some people like even if like they're popular or whatever like you might get into their class like this is this is not my thing um but if you're able to go around and like have a shorter time commitment, kind of validate yep. that person's ability to communicate or ability to teach on a short form topic, mm-hmm. it's really easy to take that and be like, I have to see this person again yep. and get their full material. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've really enjoyed the like kind of conference style things I've been able to attend for that very purpose. Uh, not only do you get to meet those people and kind of get an idea for the type of communicator and instructor they are, but you also get the opportunity to take a really wide variety of like you get a wide variety of tools from that kind of thing. Like I said, I got to take, you know, Chris's uh, like classroom home defense uh, and then OC ballistics uh, like and then just, you know, concealed carry, you know, drawing from concealment, stuff like that all so incredibly applicable um and i didn't have to i mean if i was going to do each of those classes on their own it can get really expensive you're traveling you're getting a hotel you're potentially getting a rental car uh, you're paying for the two-day class um just taking one of those classes can be a really big investment it can be like a one time a year investment but if you go to one of those kind of sampler opportunities you get to take those bite-sized pieces from each of those and you kind of you walk away with more you get a variety pack. You oh, yeah. walk away with a variety pack. Oh, that's what I like about symposiums. Symposiums. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you, you going to make it this year? Or next year, I should say? It's yeah. not happening until next year. I'd April I, 2024. <laughs> like, everything that we've been planning on is, like, up until right about now. Yeah. So. Yeah. We I haven't mean, wanted to plan anything going beyond, like, literally right now. Because like we, we didn't know where we were living until, like. Two weeks ago? ago or <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, yeah. Like, no, like, yeah, like three weeks ago, we decided we're moving to Phoenix. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, we'd run into our friends and they'd be like, hey, like, you're getting out in like two weeks. Like, where are you going? Like, I don't really you're like, know. I also asked that Your question. Your guess is as good as mine, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine trying to find a job or, right or a new career it's transitioning in this. Current environment. It's, Can you say what you're doing? Because I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you I'm working with Northrop Grumman um, out of their Mesa office. I'm going to be a project manager on their Bushmaster Cannon system. Oh, cool. So like the the 242, like the 25. Um, and I want to say it's like the XM813. Uh, it's like the, the new 30 mil variant. So I'll be doing like some of the like aftermarket support for some of those contracts. Cool. That's cool. Hopefully. <laughs> if you can slide us one, we'd love to you know, have one for a demo. No. Well, for see, demo. No, you're good, dude. see, when you I've go on, when you go onto the Northrop Careers page, one of the benefits they list is employee discounts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not really sure what all that applies to, but I'll give you a call. You're, you're like, <laughs> they got to deal with like, T-Mobile. It's where you get fifteen. Yeah, I was just say off. a watch. Yeah. Like, you get fifteen percent off of your your. Uh, uh, employee discounts. Can I get an auto cannon? No. My, Shit, no. my wife, one of the companies she worked for in the past had that like if we signed up for AT&T you got like 15% off of yep. your cell phone bill well, maybe you'll like, get some sweet you know discounts on a Canon or something yeah. like that That'd be like, Canon like, like shore ad for the house like, yeah good. Like, I might have some rounds some like space age GPS stuff yeah. airburst yeah the 30 mic mic is sick they've been talking about it for a long time replacing the 20 anyway won't even <laughs> won't even, won't even get into that armor one. tangent but yeah so I mean 
Symposium's awesome. Uh, this year, Craig's on the list. Uh, Aaron Cowan. We got Sage Dynamics out there. Um, then Dan Brokos, Chuck Pressburg, like Alex. all the usual, the Alex from Ridgeline, all the usual suspects. Not so much the concealment crowd. No, it's, it's but if a, you want to go to gun camp for four days and, <laughs> and, and everybody hang out, likes it's, gun camp, it's it's a. I'm going to a revolver roundup this year, and oh, oh that nice. sounds like so I'm much fun. Super pumped for that. I'm going to drive from here to to Arizona, camp in my car, and shoot wheel guns for a weekend. Yes. That's that's the most American thing I've heard this week. Out? I think, but yeah. I don't know often. I should give that a look. You should. Big Texas sending you that. I am. Yes, they yeah. are very very lucky. And you're taking my Ridgeline spot this weekend. I, I am. I'm I'm leaving on Wednesday to head to New Hampshire to shoot a three-day class with wow. Alex and Dan, Dan and, Brokos. Um, wow. Uh, Jared Reston. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be good. good. It's going to be, I'm jealous, but I'm glad you're taking it. Yeah. So what else do y'all, what do y'all have coming up besides the move? Um, I I'd think, like to get a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We agreed a, a puppy and a grill are. Yeah. So, so one thing in our like years of being in the military is we moved, I think we like by the time we've moved now, it'll be eight different houses in five years. And with that meant like, you know, we've always wanted to have a grill. We've always wanted to have a grill, but we've never got a grill because who wants to move grill eight times? (laughs) Like who wants to to do that? So we've never gotten a grill and we've also never got a puppy because we didn't want to have to worry about the landlord situation, like not being able to bring the dog or not be able to find housing. So we've never had a puppy and we've never had a grill. And I don't know how long it's going to take us to make those things happen, but yeah, that's, that's next for the booth household is a puppy. And a grill. I love this journey for you guys. <laughs> it's exciting. I mean, can't go wrong with puppies no. or a grill or a grill. Just don't grill the puppy. No. I want. I also want a pizza oven, like an outdoor pizza oven. Those are cool. I want to like take my sourdough making to the next level. level. We she tried to sourdough make, pizzas, and it's incredible. Yeah, we tried to make sourdough. We tried my wife and I. Well, mostly my wife. Yeah. But our house is like too cold for the starter, yeah. and it yeah. did not <laughs> go yeah. well. Yep. Well, I've got a little starter in the car because it's moving with me. So if you want some, I'll hook you up. Hook you up some sourdough starter. Mike's sister made a sourdough um, bread the other day and dropped it off. Oh, that's what you were talking about. Yeah, it was really. It was. We just ate like an entire loaf of bread. Yes, ten minutes. That is the literally size. That's so good. Our household. What have you got coming up with Filster? What have we got going on with Filster? Um, there's all kinds of things that I'm really, really excited about. Uh, I feel like I'm messaging John and Sarah on like a t- every two weeks, like, can you make this thing? Can you make this thing happen? Uh, there's really not a lot that I can really talk about because timelines are so unknown. Oh, yeah. Like with the, the floodlight, the new floodlight that we launched with the Comfortscape, that was supposed to launch like two months before it did. So, and, and same thing with the wedges, like those were supposed to launch several months before they did. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I can't say what's coming, but there's definitely more cool things coming, uh, that are going to make my life a lot easier in terms of concealed carry. So I'm stoked on that. Uh, so yeah, no, there's, there's cool stuff coming from Filster. Nice. Uh, and then as far as like Armin styled and the channel goes, um, like I said, like when I started all of that, it was supposed to be outfits, no face, no, no like videos, nothing. It was not supposed to be any of that. Um, and I named it Armed and Styled like 
it took me five minutes to pick the name uh, and it's become a thing. And so I, I would like to, and I'm not sure what the timeline is on this either, but I would like to shift it into something that's more broad. Um, and it kind of has naturally grown into something that's more broad. It's, you know, it's grown into, you know, my uh, process and really my goal with the channel and with my Instagram is to uh, shorten the learning curve for other people, especially, you know, in the world of concealed carry and whatnot. There was a very steep learning curve for me at first. And uh, a lot of this time that I've spent online over the last couple of years has been spent on trying to reduce that learning curve for other people. And I think a lot of ways, especially with the work I've been able to do with Filster, I actually do think that I've achieved that goal in a lot of ways, just you know, teaching people about concealment mechanics and whatnot, like really trying to shorten that learning curve. And so that's what I would like to do with the channel going forward uh, is, you know, continuing to broaden the things that I'm learning about. I want to, you know, continue into the world of martial arts. I took a two-year hiatus from jujitsu in the, you know, we were at Fort Benning for six months and then Savannah for a month or for a year and didn't really get to find a gym in those periods of time. But I want to, you know, get back into BJJ. Uh, I do want to explore the world of shotguns. Um, Basically, I just would like to broaden it and bring other people alongside with those things. Uh, So there might be a name change in the future. uh, And there's definitely going to be like a broadening of things. Yeah. Are you going to be close enough to Cecil? To yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. He just opened a gym like yeah. in the last year, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where his gym is, and we haven't bought a house yet, so I'm not sure where that's going to line up, but yeah. I'll definitely go visit his gym for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a good, good dude. Yeah. If you need his contact, I got it. He's a really good dude. I know like uh, your page and uh, Sophia's page, I, I send a lot of people to for you know women and actually being able to carry a gun and and not dressing like a hobo. So, uh, I mean, I dress like a hobo. <laughs> you got to have people to recommend, you know. When yeah. You, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, we, we talk to a lot of people with, you know, the industry that we're in and what mm-hmm. we do. So it's always like, go look at their pages for, you know, actual concealing and caring and, and mm-hmm. doing what y'all do. So keep up the good yeah, work. Yeah, Thanks. definitely. You, you definitely do your, your channel, your YouTube channel. You've got what it, you're at 30, 40,000 something. I think 50, I'm approaching 50 something. 54? Wow. I just <laughs> snapped. Totally Snap. took out like 20,000 followers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. And that's that's always a challenge building something along this lines in YouTube. So congratulations Thank on that. You. Uh, but, you know, I mean, at least every few weeks we share one of your videos on our, on our Wednesday email because you put out good, concise information. Mm-hmm about the, like if i'm like hey, man i need to put out some concealment stuff boop, boop, oh there we go there's tessa hmm. put it out there so awesome. thank you for yeah that and thank you for being a part of the extended big text family for sure yeah and thanks for having me it's thanks been... for coming by and sharing your ets trip yep. with us a little bit oh, yeah. congratulations on labor day i mean some of us came in and worked this morning a little bit and he's been out here he's been here but this <laughs> definitely is this Everybody that's working at Big Techs is currently in the room right now. Because <laughs> everybody else is somewhere or off. So we, we're, we'll, we're really appreciative of y'all coming by today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming out. Yeah, thanks for having us on Labor Day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Am I doing the sign off? Yeah. Oh, my Just God. Don't, Last time I did this, it was not. It was bad. It was not good. Well, Ike isn't here today, so I'm doing this. 
Guys, thank you for uh, tuning in today to the Big Tech's Ordinance Podcast. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, wherever that is. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Our emails are super important. Make sure you're signed up for the emails. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Thank Where can you they find watching. you at? Uh, at armed underscore and underscore styled on Instagram and then armed and styled on YouTube. And he's uh, got booth performance design stuff coming up and doing stuff like that. So you can find him on Instagram and YouTube there too. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Guys, thank you. Uh, be safe on the rest of your journey. Thank you guys for listening. Stay strapped or get clapped. <laughs> BTO podcast out. <laughs>